Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. They'll share life experiences, tips, techniques, thoughts, and tools to help you create life exponential. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. I'm thinking of investing in real estate. Should I sell or keep my house? Well, we're excited to welcome you to another episode of Life's Inside Track. I'm Yetta Decker. This dude's Ken Decker, and we're with an amazing guest who's actually client Suzanne Hart that's thinking about should she rent her house out? Should she sell the house she has? Should she buy another house? What should she do? She's ready to invest, she thinks. And now we're going to explore that and let you in on the conversation because on Life's Inside Track, we share techniques thoughts, tips, and tools, and even tactics and strategies that we all need. We all deserve you, I, everyone to turn our house into home where our families thrive and we live the best life possible, even when it's an investment property. Cool. Mm -hmm. So Suzanne, that's a great question. And you could do both. Okay. Or it depends. It depends on a lot of factors like your financing, your ability to own two properties or not. Um, So what we generally do is, and and our listeners are getting to an inside track to what we do in a consultation, really, because we're Mm going to talk about some numbers. We're going to talk about uh, what your goals are and what what really makes sense for you. Okay. Yeah. The Um, first thing that you just said, which I think is a question that everybody ought to be asking themselves right now, if you're thinking about investing and you probably already own a home. So often it takes the person that already has the house that's mm -hmm. already chosen that real estate is an asset that they want to hold and they live in it. And then they're saying like Suzanne is, well, now it's time to let that make some money for me. Yeah, absolutely. Like that was my my first thought was I have this home, I live in it, and I, I run a business out of it, but it, there's more it could do for me. And I was looking for someone who could show me how to do that. Mm. <clears throat> so you haven't done it in the past. How long have you lived in the home you're in? I've been in about nine, ten years. Okay, that's perfect because you've probably built up a fair bit of equity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some some people will keep using their equity up, you know, to pay off car loans and buy a boat and do this different things. And so we're not so advocates of we're that. Not advocates if of you that. haven't read the wealth formula yet, <laughs> you might want to because the first part is make sure your debt load consumer debt load is under control. You know, it was interesting because one of the first things I did was I read the wealth formula and it was really helpful. Thank you, Ken. You're welcome. Uh, Because I got to go through and check off. So it was, I was thinking I was ready. And when I finished reading the book, I knew I was ready. Oh, cool. Cool. So even if you're in debt, kind of up to your eyeballs and you still want to invest, that was me when I was 24, 25 I knew I wanted to buy a house. I knew I wanted to invest in real estate. And yet my spending wasn't lining up. So I was Mm. in debt. I had too much consumer debt, too many expenses. Right, honey? You were there right along with me, honey. Yeah, I managed to spend spend. some of the money too. (laughs) Managed to figure that out. So getting clear on why do you want to do this So spending wasn't a problem. 
No, spending, <laughs> no. Saving for investing was a problem. So getting clarity on why do you want to do this? Mm -hmm. Huge. As Suzanne's talking, you're going to hear the concepts that we're going to be asking you to do if you're thinking of investing in real estate. Like why? Yeah. What's important to you about investing in real estate? I, I heard that you want to make sure your home, your house is doing as much for you as possible. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. What's important about that? Well, I think it's because... I think we're living in a time where retirement is not as, as assured as it used to be like in my parents' time. Right. So I'm looking and going, okay, so if I have to build my own nest egg, if I have to build my own retirement plan, what is the safest, most effective way I can do that and also do it in a shorter period of time? Right. So I think real estate would be a good answer to that. So that's, that's number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is... I love to travel. And so having a big house, which is what I have right now, isn't really making full sense unless it's working for me when I'm not there. Okay. So those are kind of the the goals. Retirement, number one. And then it, making things practical and efficient is the other real okay. goal. So let me ask you this. So you've been in your home nine, almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. And you've been thinking about this for how long? Uh, you know, I've been actually when I bought, my end goal was to was to continue to buy. It was kind of like the bigger picture. Okay, and yeah. So it's been ten years. What stopped you so far? Well, two things. One was I wanted to have uh, no consumer debt. I wanted to have um, some savings. And then I think the main thing that was stopping me was I was looking for someone who could guide me, but who had also done it and who was also able to teach me. And every person I really talked to wanted to sell me something, but they weren't, they weren't selling me something in the context of a bigger plan. And I knew I had a bigger plan. Mm. So I didn't just want to buy. I wanted to buy with a, a goal, an end goal in mind. Then I met Ken Nieta Decker. <laughs> it's interesting you use the word guide because mm-hmm. that's actually our theme for this month. And um, all our shows will be based on the theme of finding a guide in a certain oh, cool. area in your life. So that's beautiful. And so now you believe you found the right guide? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. And what what other obstacles do you think you're going to have to overcome in maybe in your mindset? Ooh, okay. So total candid, I'm a single woman. And I think there's a part of me that stopped by the fear of doing it by myself, right? So you make all the decisions by yourself, Mm -hmm. but also... And particularly after we've gone through this tumultuous time where we've gone through COVID, things have been shutting down. When COVID first started, I, I, I was financially in a place where I could do it. But I was like, oh, I don't know what the economy is going to do. I don't know what's going to happen with my business. It's only me. So that there's those types of fears. Yeah, valid fears too. And, and I'm sure Yetta, you've run into a lot of people that have been uh, what's the word? Surprised at what the real estate market has done uh, during this 
uncertain time of a year and a half, two years. Disbelief, right? really. Disbelief, yeah. Like, <laughs> I know we sold some properties thinking, oh, the world's ending. We need to, we need to bunker down, put some cash away. And, and, and in retrospect, we go, ooh, we lost yeah. a couple hundred thousand dollars because we jumped the gun. Well, hindsight is twenty twenty. If, <laughs> if we only knew. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's great. So being a, a single woman, it's, it, I think it's twofold, right? When you're a single person, whether it's a woman or a man, you don't have someone else to bounce your ideas yeah. off of, that, that kind of check and balance. And then secondly, you don't have that safety valve because you, you're a single income earner. Right. If you're a family and you have two income earners, then yeah. if something goes south on one, at least you have some, you know, I was thinking of the airplane uh, analogy, but that's a bad analogy because they say when you have two engines, if one... If one fails, mm-hmm. you know what the other engine's good for? I have no idea. It takes you to the crash site. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's still very hard to fly a plane. <laughs> so, like, for two so, there, so there are some relationships <laughs> like that. Actually. There are. And I think the point is that even if there is two incomes, unless you're doing it with wisdom, how you're figuring out the money, it doesn't actually give you any more security. So it's almost like a false security because often when there are two incomes, they're living on two incomes. Oh, yeah, hundred percent of two incomes, and when one income drops, it's, you're still having a crash landing. Well, that's good to know, <laughs> right? So it yeah. really isn't yeah. that different. Although it, I, I'm sure it would feel different, and I have found all my single clients have had a slightly harder time, and I'm going to say all loosely, mm. just to get to that decision well, because well, there isn't a strong advocate supporting the the conversation. I I think going back to Ken's question, what has stopped me, it was the guide who could have the types of conversations that we've been having because Mm -hmm. I am a single person. Right. And I need to unpack it in my head because I have nowhere else to unpack it. Okay. Well, let me, let me see if I can swing that thought pattern around that belief structure because your single income, if you had two incomes because you were two people, Mm -hmm. Right more reason to get an investment property because now you have your income and your investment property is building wealth for you as well. So now you got two incomes. How's that? That's a great thing. <laughs> so if you find something that works, here's the point. If you find that whether you sell your house or you keep it, I don't know if we fully answered that question, but we're going to continue to unpack that. If you find something that works, Double down on it is what Steve Scott said. Absolutely. And if your house is working, you're building equity in your house, double down and get two. Is it a good idea to rent my house and buy another one for me to live in? We've created for you access, for free access, actually, to over 503 episodes of Life's Inside Track, where we share insights that we all need so that we can make incredible decisions, whether we're investing in real estate or whether we're just living the best life we could possibly get our hands on. And the great news is you can get access to them from home, from the office, or even on the go. And so the answer to your question, Suzanne, is do I rent my house and buy another one? One of the big things to consider is, can you detach from your house? I believe I can. And part of it is I've rented my home in the past. And uh, and I travel quite a bit. I enjoy travel. So I'm in that season where I want to be a little bit more mobile. Perfect. And I really want my house to work for me. 
Perfect. And so when you entered in the past, did anybody damage anything? No. Okay, so of course, those are the horror stories that we all hear, right? We mm -hmm. all hear that, yeah, I don't want to do that. And that's why we ask the question, if you can't detach from it, then don't do it. Mm -hmm. And then the second question, and that's what you're going to learn in this episode, is even if you can detach from it, is it the right kind of property to be the best rental property? And that's where I, I know I started, we started that conversation because that was really a question of mine. Uh, you know, I have a three bedroom bungalow walkout. It's, it's a good size. However, the question I have is if I sell it and buy something else, two other things possibly, will that yield me more income than if I keep it? and buy something else, live mm -hmm. somewhere else. So those were the questions that I was throwing around. I don't have those answers. Okay. So if you sell it and buy two others, it yields more income for us, maybe not for you. <laughs> well, that's not the plan. I love you, I love you, but that is not the plan. And you know, that's often the thought that goes through a client's mind, right? You're going to earn more money than I am. I know when I buy stocks, I sometimes think that mm. you're going to buy, you're going to earn more money than I am. So all joking aside, that's not. That wasn't a joke because the, the guide that you pick uh. needs to be really focused on your results and your goals and not theirs. Ooh, that's and then good. that guide, the money takes care of, it, of itself because there's so many referrals and repeat business because people can feel it, they can sense it. Mm -hmm. if, if, uh, if, if you're, as the client, if you're the most important person, you can sense that and feel that by the guidance that you're getting. Mm -hmm. and, and, and to be quite honest, that is why I chose you guys, because we, we, were, we were talking, and every time we talked, I could tell you had my best interest at hand, because you'd ask me questions that I could tell weren't necessarily in your best interest. They were digging for mm -hmm. what what I needed to know and explaining things. Like when Yetta and I sat down and she said, okay, let's look at the both scenarios. And she said, well, let's look at this in terms of two places. Let's look at keeping your place. And she said, we're going to run numbers and the numbers will tell us. Yeah, exactly. The numbers tell us. And, and your goal, like I tell people, mm -hmm. if you're buying investment properties, this is a buy and hold situation we're not going to flip it because we see a little nicer one over here mm -hmm. we may re-leverage it so we can buy the nicer one over here or maybe your startup like we have one client that their startup was older fix me up or houses duplexes and because that was their mindset at mm -hmm. the time or well, that it was, was their the... affordability it's what they could afford they couldn't afford anything else other than that so you're saying and now they're selling those to buy newer buildings with less maintenance and upkeep that's cool so you're saying that when you say I could re-leverage it, mm -hmm. are you saying that I can take the equity out of my existing home yes. even without selling it? Right. So there's there's a couple of scenarios. You could keep your house as a rental. We would re-leverage it so that you have it at 80% mortgaged. Take out your extra money and put that into whatever you're buying. Hmm. Now, you could buy a house that you're going to live in so you only have one rental you could buy a house that you're going to live in, but it has a duplex or a triplex or a fourplex. And so you've got income covering a lot of that okay. expense of being there. Um, yeah, so really those are the options. Or you might say, you know what, I need all the equity to buy 
the investment property I want. So I need to sell it to move from a single to a triplex. So it really is once we see what I want to purchase helps determine whether I sell. And whether you can financially hold both. If you can financially hold two mortgages with the income, your income and the income of the property, the investment properties, because the bank takes that into consideration, how much rent you're getting in the different units, right? So then we're going to decide whether... We keep your place or not, basically, well, on numbers. Not so really. fast. Okay. Not so fast, because even if we can keep Suzanne's place, it may not be the best place to keep. Yes, because we've got to look at when you releverage it, what's the cash flow on that? Sometimes um, people have a condominium and the condo fees are yeah. you know $800 a month, and you just can't rent it and cover the mortgage and the condo gotcha. fees and everything, and so you got to... Write a check for two, three hundred dollars a month, and that may not be a good scenario for okay. your for investment strategy. So in that case, we'd say, okay, we're going to need to sell this property because it won't rent high enough, whether it be the neighborhood it's in or the the, uh, the type of property or the expenses associated with mm-hmm. it or whatever. So then, then we decide that. Right. But then there's also the thought of tax implications. Because this is also a conversation when we talk about a guide, we need more than just a real estate guide. We actually need an accountant that's going to function as a guide. We need a mortgage specialist that's going to function as a guide, potentially an inspector that's going to function as a guide in their specific areas. And and each of them bring the information that you'd need to give the picture that makes the decision. Mm-hmm. Correct. Got it. And Got so it. when it comes to one of the little things that always runs through the back of my mind, an accountant told us at one time, and so always get your independent tax counsel. Don't say what we're saying is truth for you because your situation may be different. So there's always that okay. go to the specialist that has that piece mm-hmm. in Precision. And that thought was, if you own your home now and you've paid down, how much of the property is there still mortgaged? So how much do I owe, are you mm-hmm. asking? I probably owe a little over 100000 And we think it's worth approximately? When we ran it between five and six. Okay. So even if we're conservative right now, we'll say 500000 mm-hmm. So we have $400,000 equity. You could potentially pull out three hundred and keep it. Okay. Right? Keep the house, pull out three hundred, use it for another property. The struggle becomes which is what our accountant told us is the hundred thousand is all you can write the income off against the interest on that hundred thousand. Got it. Versus if we sell it and buy a property and put 20% down, then you can write the interest off mm-hmm. against the income for the yeah. 80% 400,000. And that's the one you want to talk to your accountant with because right. sometimes if you re-leverage in advance, Mm-hmm. to 80%, and then you decide to rent, then the whole mortgage is is tax deductible. It depends on your your reason why you did it and when you did it. And so there's interpretations, and, and that's where and, you want that expert. Okay, okay. You want that expert so, advice. So my other question, as I'm thinking this through, is if I purchase something as a rental and I'm going to live in it, do I still need that 20% down, or does that... Well, if you're in a duplex, you can put down as little as 5%. Wow. If it's a triplex or a fourplex, you can put down 10%, as little as 10%. No, there'll but be premiums. Yeah, you got to pay, you pay your insurance, insurance premiums. premiums. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. And 
So really, then again, it depends because how big a property are we going to buy? What's the income on it? What makes sense? Ultimately, I like putting 20% or more down on investment properties because you avoid that insurance fee. Okay. But for some people to get their start, keeping the one they have and putting 5% on their next one is the best solution for them. And so if you're thinking, I am getting clarity and then I feel like I'm getting confusion, probably the best spot or the best place to find yourself is give us a call so we can have a consultation one-on-one with you. Listen to this episode, pull out the, the little tidbits, and then let's connect together. What if I sell my existing place and buy a, multi, a multi-level to live in? We are excited that for over 30 years, we've been able to journey alongside you, building wealth and wisdom and real estate um, portfolios for a lot of people. And that this is the conversation we're having today. And Suzanne, as a client, decided that she was brave enough to come online on air and actually have the conversation about her particular scenario. And so we bring real examples to you that you can then listen to and pull what you need so that you can create the life that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Suzanne, that's a great question. If I sell my house and, you know, we discussed you probably, if you sold your house, you'd be have somewhere close to $400,000 to invest in something. That can get you into probably a pretty decent multi-unit, you know, whether it's four units, four large units, or maybe it's uh, eight or 10, or maybe even 12 regular units. It depends because once you get over four units, you move into more commercial lending. Okay. And generally, you're going to need uh, 30, 35% down. Ooh. Okay. And your interest rate, still great. Like I just... Purchased one recently and an 18 unit, 18 unit. And we did uh, financing at under 3%, which for commercial lending is phenomenal. Five years under 3%. You, uh, if you buy something that's a three, a try or four, you know, you might be getting under 2% for five years. Wow. So good, good Good to go. So this yeah, but sometimes yeah. what happens for people, and maybe this has happened for you, I heard when Ken said, you know, you need more down payment, you need a higher interest rate. It's kind of like, ooh, put the brakes on. Well, mm. well, it wasn't, it wasn't so much that. It was um, multi for me right now is four, <laughs> <laughs> not 12. So I'm, I'm, I, that, that's where that re- re- okay. reaction was. Okay. And And so often I get that reaction from people because they're stuck on what is the interest rate? Mm -hmm. What is the down payment? If I need more money, if you're going to take more of my money, more of my money toward the property, it's got to be a bad idea. And interest rate, although it matters, we want to look at the spreadsheet. We haven't been talking about the spreadsheet a lot and yet something we're going to do with you and we'll do it on a Facebook Live, we'll do it offline and we'll actually plot it all out. Mm -hmm. And so for all of our clients, that's part of the journey. That's part of the calculation is it's not a I had a client call me just a couple of days ago and say, well, we've got all this money. You've just helped us sell an investment property and we want to do really good with our $600,000 we just got because the house had been paid for clear. They'd owned it for a while. They'd made great money on it. And it just wasn't the right type of investment to keep for them anymore. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so they said, you know, tell me what to do with the money. And it was like, 
we need to have a conversation. We need to look at the numbers. We need to hear your dreams. What are your aspirations? What do you want to get out of investing in real estate? And so it's not a one, it's not a pat answer. Because if it's a pat answer, it's probably bad counsel. Hmm. Like the the building we just bought, uh, it's under rented. So the appraisal wouldn't come in high enough. So we actually ended up having to put down, I think it was 39% down on it. But now it cash flows like $36,000 a year, positive cash flow after paying the mortgage because we put so much money down on it. So okay. then, then. So it's, it's, it's like you, you may pay more, but you gain more over you here. You might. I got it. And because it's under rented, that means as tenants transition, we bring it up, we'll renovate, bring it up to market rent. Now suddenly okay. the value of the property goes up significantly because value of multi units is based on. Income, whereas value of of single family homes is based on market value, what another person would pay for a similar type for a of similar property. property. Okay, but in multi units, all about money. So there's pros and cons to Not living. Not only about money. Condition does matter. Well, condition matters, and, and, and some people factors. like the look of a building. I've bought buildings that. I just love the look of them. They're they're old brick, century, mm-hmm. you know, uh, heritage. It wasn't homes. the best investment ever. It was good. <laughs> and so that's the conversation we want but, to have with yeah. you. We don't want it just to be good. We want it to be as good as we can make it be. And, and you want to look at things like now we're talking about you living in it. Most of the time, I say to people, don't look at it like you're going to live in it. <laughs> you got to look at it like you're renting it. And there's a certain demographic that will rent a certain price range and Got a certain it. quality. And you, if you over improve it for that neighborhood, you may not be able to rent it at the price you need mm-hmm. because that's not what's available in that neighborhood or that town or that city. So we look at those factors closely. Now, moving in it yourself brings an element of pros and cons. Right. What do you yeah. think some of the pros might be? Well, I think for Suzanne, one of the motivations, mm-hmm. and so we can bring a little bit to this conversation, even if we're just filling in the holes, because we've had this conversation in part right, right. already, is that you want to travel a fair bit. Yes. So having someone else living in the space with you, not in your unit, unit. but in the apartment now, like next door in the apartment, in the apartment complex um, multi-complex is allowing you to know somebody's taking care of the place. Well, yeah. And it also doesn't have a, a space standing still and I'm paying a mortgage and it's empty. On the whole space. Yeah. Yeah. You're it's, only, empty. it's right. only a portion's empty. Right. And you could air and be that one unit out if you wanted mm-hmm. to, or you can just leave it vacant. The nice thing is too, you can give a little discount to maybe one of the people if they're handy to make sure the grass is cut and the, the driveway's plowed yeah. or the walkway's shoveled. And or if, have a, tenant, property if management a tenant has company. an issue, mm-hmm. you know, they'll change a bulb or fix it, call a plumber or whatever. Or you can have a property management. That's right. Um, so those are pros. Uh, there's safety, you know, uh, in knowing that your neighbors are there looking yeah. after that, you know, no one's going to break in because there's other people around. Um, Cons. 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 You want some cons? Cons. Okay. Sometimes when you live near someone, you might start treating them as a friend. And, and friends are good because we enjoy your friendship. It's not and that you don't want to be together. friendly right. with your tenants, 
But friendship says, maybe, maybe I don't need to pay the rent or I don't have to be right on time because I'm a friend with the landlord. She wouldn't kick me out because we're friends. (laughs) And we know that's not true. And so having clear boundaries and following the Tenant Protection Act and the guidelines when somebody does not follow the process. So if you're somebody that can stand firm in your convictions Mm -hmm. and in your the following the process, then I don't think that's that's not really much of a con, but it could be for some of our clients that are just, they find it hard to hold Mm -hmm. fast to what should be. Yep. Another con might be coming from a single family home where you're not connected, your walls aren't connected to someone else. That's my biggest concern. There may be some noise transfer. That's my biggest concern. You know, you're, that's your biggest concern. Okay. So that's something to look at. Um, And then also there may be, um, a unit may be smaller than your three-bedroom bungalow. So downsizing to maybe a two-bedroom apartment holds a lot less stuff. Yes. I and, and and I think it's more space than stuff for me. So and I don't I don't know if that makes yeah. sense. I think you mean spaces, like you have a space to work out, you have a space for your office, you have a space to not as so a bedroom much. and a, not no? so much. Okay, it's what more do you mean? it's more space. A feeling of spaciousness. That's really. It's not. Okay. I need a big place. I need. I. It's the feeling okay. of space. So I'll tell you. If you bring everything with you, it won't feel spacious. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> so if this has opened up for you the conversation of should I rent? Shouldn't I rent? Should I invest? Should I live where I'm buying to invest? then have a conversation with us because this is not something that even though we thought we could maybe get Suzanne to the bottom of the question, I bet she still got a few more questions yeah, and we're going to continue to explore that, this conversation. Yeah, that's why our consultations are generally over an hour. So yeah. join us on a future episode where we'll update you on Suzanne's progress, her decision-making and what she ends up buying. And we just want to thank you and we're honored that you've joined us on Life's Inside Track. Moving forward with the Decker team. Moving forward with the Decker team.